Hello everyone, this is Swiss Triplets with Arthur Natek. My name is Arthur Natek. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are continuing uh, our series of conversations about the Swiss music scene and uh, today is a very nice episode as well. Thank you so much for everyone who listened to the episode with Nick Berch. I had uh, really nice uh, feedbacks about it, so thank you so much. right now in this big uh, piazza in the middle of Zurich in Switzerland and I'm uh, in front of this big building called the Schiefbau. Um, it's a very cool place um, where this jazz club called Moods is located. Uh, it's pretty convenient for me because it's very close to where I live but it's also a very interesting place because I've been here so many times and I've um, also been here so many times when I was very young. I have a lot of memories with this place. Uh, it's very funny, it's very close to the, to like a big street and there's all those cars and I have those really vivid memories of uh, driving here from Geneva with my dad when I was very young to see some concerts. We would. Uh, drive just to see the some of the big jazz guys that were playing here in, in Zurich and I was very lucky that my dad would drive me here and then drive us back after the concert very late in order to go back to school in the morning so yeah I really like this spot uh, it's a very fun place and there's always a lot of stuff going on a lot of different festivals And I just entered the Schiefbau and I'm getting close to the moods. The reason I'm visiting moods today is to have a talk with Karine Zuber. She is currently the director of the jazz club moods and I've known her for many years. She always struck me as such an important uh, figure of the Swiss Hello. music scene. Yeah, we spoke English. And so, yeah, I thought it would be great to ask her a few questions uh -huh. in her main club yeah. right now. Yeah. We're sitting right now basically on the stage of moods. Yeah. And I remember you once said, I said something and you corrected me. You said, no, moods is the best, is the greatest club in the world. For me, yeah. You said that, yeah. For me. Yeah. It's oh, always for you. the point of view. <laughs> from do my point of view, it's my favorite one. And do you know why? If you if you if you're able to do an abstraction with the fact that you I think are here the, now, it has to do with the size of the place and um, the size, the configuration that you have this balcony upstairs, 
which make it a uh, which make it a big club and also the fact that you can do seated or standing concerts it fits with both and also that the stage is not so high so musicians always have the feeling to be very close to the audience at the other way around too you're never too far but also if you don't have so many people you can adapt it like now during covid that it doesn't look empty even if we have only 50 people and so this is very good because some two big venues if they don't have so many people it looks it doesn't look good and uh, but you have you can have a lot too so it's it's a good mix i think you can yeah, do right. no names newcomers or you can do big names and the big names have the newcomers to be known and I think this is one of the reasons. And also because if it's in a city like Zurich, where the audience is very open and comes regularly to shows, and yeah, I think it's a mix. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's true. I actually never thought much about the size, but it's very true. Mm -hmm. the, and, and the standing slash sitting yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, comparable sizes are, for example, Poggy and Bess, which mm -hmm. is kind of similar, but they were inspired by Moods because they built the new Porgy just one or two years after the new Moods. Ah, really? In okay. 2001 or two. Okay. And uh, I also like New Morning, mm -hmm. but yeah. I miss the balcony there. Right, right, right. And okay. sometimes if you're, if you're super behind a New Morning, it's difficult to see the stage. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Right, okay. But so for example, cool. if you compare to Ronnie's size, Ronnie's size is the problem that you can't take the seats really away, only downstairs. And so you cannot do each type of jazz with the correct configuration. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's. I guess it's a very good answer. Uh, I always thought it was going to be a more of a personal thing, but that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, one thing that we know each other for a long time, but I, there are so many questions that I never got to really ask you good. <laughs> about stuff. And one uh, one of it is actually more about how, if you can maybe describe a bit or and talk about how you, yeah, how you grew up, where where you come from, really, and also what what was your first connection to music, yeah. and also how did that became more of a job, and yeah. just because, yeah, I met you when yeah. you were already you yeah. know on top of everything and. And it's it's for me super, and for everyone listening also, I think interesting to to understand a bit where how did your musical career yeah. started. So it's funny because in my childhood, I, my parents didn't listen to music at at home because they had different type of tastes. So to avoid conflicts, there was no um, there, there was no music system. So I had a sister; she was ten, ten years older. And she listened to hit parade stuff of the 70s when I grew up. And I had my first 45 turntables, was eight or nine, the one for kids. And so the first single I bought was Kim Wilde, <laughs> you know, hit parade, because the, my neighbor friend listened to Kim Wilde, just like this. So I, I didn't grow up with a big, music culture but we had a piano at home and I grew up in a village in the countryside really with cows and everything I was a lot with cows and horses and 
animals and on the farm. But uh, there was a new teacher in the in the village, and I started. I was her first uh, student, and I started to learn piano, and I liked it. But she wasn't at all into improvising and music, so I was far away from jazz. But I learned some boogie woogie blue stuff, and I liked it. But I didn't know what it is, but I liked it, okay. and I liked the rhythm of jazz always. And so my mom told me a lot about jazz, but I didn't really listen to because she was going to jazz concert when she was about 20 in the 40s and 50s in Basel. But I didn't know about it. I just heard about it. But then I started high school in Biel, Bilbian. And it completely changed everything in my life because I discovered theater. I didn't know theater before. I discovered um, literature, I discovered uh, music and all type of music and live music and I had a lot of friends who went to concerts, small concerts, bigger concerts but all in Biel and I loved it. Every, each type of concert I loved it because it was just something happening on stage and socially with other people and so I saw hip-hop concerts of course uh, punk was also very and jazz and funk and blues. I saw Eddie Harris when I was uh, 16, I think. Uh, but I also saw free jazz, like Korschützenstuder, which was, I didn't know what it was. I, I was like, okay, this exists, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. And I think I also liked the friends who were listening to jazz. They were more interesting than the others, so I hang a lot with them. They listened to music at home. They played some music also. I knew some people who played jazz and I started to go more and more at jazz concerts and then I had what my was own the place CD that you player. Go when you went to a concert? So what? in Biel it was a gas castle, it was Kupol and uh, regularly and there was also in the, uh, the Le Singe which exists now there were some concerts also okay. and there was the Théâtre de Poche, okay. there were a lot of chansons françaises also okay. I liked. Yeah. So a lot of uh, live music. Yeah, live. Mean. I loved live music. Yeah. And then I had a CD player. I bought a CD player when I was 18. And the first CD I received was Michel Petrucciani. Wow, okay. Yeah, it was funny. And then I started to really uh, be interested more in jazz than other type of music, even if I listened to a lot of indie and industrial rock and hip-hop. But I also organized my first concert in high school for the for the anniversary they had. It was a <laughs> super success. I booked a local band, uh, Prodigal Sons, and they were just going on the playlist on Couleur 3. And so we had sold out 800 people. And uh, I learned how, how to put the stage on and PA and everything and it was like, ah, it's cool to organize shows. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. it's cool when it's sold out. <laughs> and then I moved to Lausanne and I wanted to go to all the festivals at concerts, but I didn't have any money. So I went as a voluntary to Montreux first and then QI and Paleo. So I didn't have to pay tickets. I could see all the crazy stuff. Right. And the first year in Montreux was the first year they were in the Stravinsky Hall and Quincy Jones was co-director, so I went to all the jam sessions, and then it really catched me. Okay. And then I started to organize small jazz concert at the university. We had a small club called Zelig, 
Okay. And once a month we had jazz. And so you were studying at the same time? Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. What were you studying exactly? Political science. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I love that study. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so and so you were yeah starting to basically meet also the people that were doing those jobs. Before, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Musicians, people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the end of my study, I didn't know what to do with political science. First, I wanted to do journalism, but then I did some bad experience. Uh, I was not interested anymore. And I thought it was too frustrating not to be able to write about what you want and your meaning, your opinion. I was super left engaged politically. So, And then I wanted to work in the CCR uh, International Red Cross, mm -hmm. but I was too young. I had to be 25 and I finished the bachelor with 23. I had to wait and I had no idea what to do. So I thought, oh, maybe I do what we call today a master. In political science, just because I didn't know what to do, I didn't want I didn't want to go in the real world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But then there was a, a guy who saw me always around at the at the festivals and uh, going to concerts, and he was an independent booking agent. He organized tours in Switzerland for for international bands in pop, and he said, "Look." Uh, I need someone who helps me, but I can't pay a salary. But maybe you're interested. I give you all my contacts. I explain you the job, and you can start your own stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's try. So okay. I started who, who to... Who is that person, if I may Marc ask Lomblet. Okay. He's now at Mainland okay. <laughs> Agency, okay. both by Live Nation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so he learned me everything about the job. And I, I and that did... That was in um, Lausanne. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did more uh, international jazz and world bands who are looking for dates in uh, Switzerland. So I worked with uh, Lucky Peterson, Lester Bowie, uh, Sixon, uh, uh, people like that, and Eric Truffat, the first gigs also, yeah. And so how, uh, can you explain this a bit? How did you meet that? Was, was it that through this agency or is like your idea to say I, w I would like to work or how did you meet Eric? Eric? Then, yeah. ah, it was funny. Well, I met Eric when I was organizing concerts at university. Okay. So and I knew before. Marcello and Mark very well. Okay. From yeah. that, from that yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we saw each other all the time. Marcello, okay. Marcello was at the jazz school at mm -hmm. this time. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there was silent majority, you know. And right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, but Eric, I worked the first time with him because a drummer called Sangoma Everett mm -hmm. asked me to book a project for him and I found a gig at the jazz festival Jazz à Vienne. Mm -hmm. wow. wow. It was a big project <laughs> with Billy Hart, two drums and um, uh, who else? Uh, Kirk Lightsey on piano plus a singer from Canada. It was a beautiful project and Eric was on the trumpet. Okay. And then I met Habib, who was a new manager of Eric, and they just released Out of a Dream. Ah, so the very first album on Blue Note. On Blue Note, right. yeah. And then The Dark uh, came out, and then I booked the gigs in Switzerland only. I helped Habib for the gigs in Switzerland. Okay, okay, yeah. And then I was doing this job for four years, and I fell in love with a guy living in Paris, and I decided to move to Paris. I didn't know what to do in Paris, but Habib said the same that Marc told me four years before. Look, uh, I'm still in loans. The, 
independent, but I have works for more because because of the success of Eric, other bands are asking me to do the booking. Okay. So if you come to Paris, would you like to join me? Okay. As a partner. Yeah. So I joined um, Habib, but I was still independent. Mm -hmm. And I worked on the international tour while Habib worked on more in France and the management stuff. I did the booking in Germany, England, all over the okay, world. Okay, so that's yeah. a big jump from no or or were you very connected already to those other countries and all those cities? Yeah, it opened yeah. it, it opened uh, the international connections. Okay. Yeah, I really built the network then. Then okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. With and Eric I still specifically. have uh, yeah, ah, yeah, okay. And it was super cool because he was really emerging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he was already emerged in France, mm -hmm, yeah. and then we could really build up. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it he brought really something new, and all the promoters who were interested to present new jazz, yeah, drum yeah. and bass stuff, and so mm -hmm. they wanted to invite Eric. Okay. And we really built up, and some some regions were were very successful. Other we made some mistakes, mm -hmm. and others are super difficult, like the states are super difficult. Right, right, right. But Canada worked well, England worked well, England was super. We really started with a jazz cafe, renting the jazz cafe, mm -hmm. renting the back line, playing on door. And we ended at the London Jazz Festival the year after. Right, this right, was right. cool. Mm -hmm. Germany was successful at the beginning. Then we took a local agent in Germany who, who broke the thing a bit. He made mistakes with the fees and everything. And so... Eric's reputation went down after a while, but now it's up again. And successful was Turkey and Israel. Mm -hmm. This was crazy. And Russia also. Right, of yeah, course. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was And cool. so, so at that point, you're basically doing a lot of stuff that is uh, like more on the booking end. Like, how did you end up, how did that come from be doing this, more being part of a band, to yeah. organizing yourself? So Parallel, mm -hmm. while I was I did this booking agent stuff, I entered even before I entered in the committee of Cree Jazz. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you were uh, very involved with Cree already then. Yeah, because I was because Emmanuel Jetta, who was the director of the festival yeah. at this point, he was also involved in Montreux and he didn't have time to watch the gigs. Right. <laughs> to check out the new bands. Right, right. So my first job was to check out the bands. <laughs> so I check out everybody, the Swiss Especially, and I, s I said to Emmanuel, take this band, take this band. Mm -hmm. Then the guy who did the O Festival, uh, he stopped because he was quite old. Mm -hmm. And I took over. Mm -hmm. And very quick, then we built a kind of group with the brother of Emmanuel and Emmanuel. And we did the program of the main festival in group. And because Emmanuel didn't have time, I had the lead of the booking and the negotiation. Mm -hmm. uh, And I already had the experience of the booking agent. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. And then, like, yeah, I, I was in Paris, but I was suddenly tired of just calling the promoter and telling the, selling them a band. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> being in an office, I was tired of Paris. I didn't like living in Paris. Yeah. My relationship broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I was money-wise broke. Because um, we had a big German tour with Eric. Mm -hmm. had a, he had an operation, wisdom tooth. He had an operation with the teeth. Okay. And <laughs> the nerve after the operation didn't come back. Okay. So he was paralyzed with the mouse. He couldn't play trumpet. Wow. And nobody could say when it will come back. Okay. 
And so we canceled one show after the other because it took like, he, he couldn't play trumpet like two months or three months. Oh, really? Wow, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. heard of this story. Yeah, yeah, we, had, we canceled the whole German tour. I built it up and it was the main, uh, the main uh, income okay. for the whole year. <laughs> oh. So after that, I was just broke because I couldn't pay my bills anymore. And <laughs> oh, wow, okay. So I, said, I decided that I go back to Switzerland <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't pay my rent anymore. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it was the project of the expo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The big expo and they yeah. were looking for people. So I just called and I say, hey, I'm coming back to Switzerland. Can you use me? So yes, come. We will see what job you will do, but <laughs> okay. come, we engage you okay. straight away. So <laughs> it was cool. And what did you do there? Uh, a lot of different things because in the first period we were, we were developing projects and looking for sponsors. Okay. Yeah. So I developed, of course, a jazz club. But then I had no more infrastructure because they had to cut money. So <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, uh, doing uh, developing concepts, how to collaborate with external promoters, uh, with program concepts first and so. And my boss at this time, he stopped working at Expo. We had crises and crises and crises. And so I took over the club projects and I was between uh the people who were developing the project and the expo i had to find them deal the contract and then follow the architecture things the promo stuff all the things going with it so it was the cargo in uh, neuchatel leaded by patrick david right right <laughs> yeah i was going to ask the yeah. um, mondial in uh Yverdon leaded by martin hess okay and there should have been a, a third one with electro music in Beale, but it was cancelled because They did another cut of money okay. at the wow. end, <laughs> so I had to cancel the contract and everything. Oh, wow. Okay. And so and during Expo, because the clubs weren't very well, they didn't need me so much anymore, so I was a joker for big events, like big concerts or special events or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so during that time, you were already working at in QE also? Uh, no, at what point uh, did you... Uh, I didn't work in QE. I uh, did yeah, the artistic the director, but okay. we were all volunteers. Right, right. I did it on a voluntary basis all the time. Right, yes, yeah, right. Sorry, yeah. work is... A so <laughs> I did that since I'm, I was booking agent. Okay. Until two years after I started at Moose, I was still doing it. Okay, Next right, yes. And, but that's way, yeah, that's much after... And this, school, is, right? this is where I got my reputation mm -hmm. and uh, I learned everything through QE. Right. Yeah. I learned everything. I learned working with people, uh, convince people mm -hmm. who are not paid <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> about what, yeah, what they do, you know. But maybe uh, this is something you could do. Taking decisions in collective or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking, uh, giving interviews, right, uh, yeah. doing a right program finding the financial balance mm -hmm. and things like that and so <laughs> dealing with sponsors <laughs> ultimately how long were you from start to finish with uh, with QE uh, I started being the staff as a voluntary in 94 okay I entered in the committee in 96 and I left in my last year was 2015 okay uh, yeah. so 15 years yeah. kind of okay uh, Oh, and Emmanuel, cool. the ex-director, he left in 2002, so I took over the responsibility in 2002 okay, with yeah. Benoit. Yeah, because basically, like you said before, those jobs, working for QE, even being a director, is all stuff that you do 
Beside, uh, uh, beside um, as a hobby, as a yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a hobby that yeah. takes a lot of time. Exactly. Is there are some people they are playing golf in their hobby. I did a festival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that means it's it's a crazy kind of financial pressure also to demand a lot from people to organize this really big event, mm -hmm. but to also just like figure out your job on the side. Was this uh, always some kind of a concern or stress, or is this something that Everyone is very used to it in their, let's say, in the... To work with volunteers, you mean? Or not no. worth, but to be yourself also a, a volunteer on all those projects. It's something that uh, I think not a lot of people realize always that you are a volunteer, even when you are basically the head of a... Yeah, no, it was very special in Curie. Okay. We didn't want to, to change it. Now it changed a little bit right. uh, after I quit. But we, I wanted to keep it like that because I wanted to keep this relationship with this festival mm -hmm. that I don't do it because of the money, mm -hmm. but I do it as long as I have pleasure to do it and I love it right. and I give everything to it. Mm -hmm. And I think there are many, not only in culture, but there are many jobs done by volunteers who are taken very serious. Very I, I took much, it very yeah. serious. Yeah, very I felt much, super sure. responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want to be employed by Cui. And the other advantage was that we had employees. Mm -hmm. They did all the administration yeah, yeah. jobs, so you you didn't you didn't have to deal with um, yeah, administrative yeah. stuff. You yeah, could yeah. you could delegate this and yeah, yeah. just do the nice stuff. Yeah, it's probably <coughs> a very good balance. To yeah, be yeah, it was cool. <laughs> and everybody in the committee was volunteer, and um, everybody they were not music fans at all. Mm -hmm. But for example, the guy who was responsible for food and beverage which is a big part of Cui. Yes. He's a winemaker. Yeah. You know, and he loved that. Yeah. Uh, the guy who did the marketing, he was a guy uh, completely fan about marketing and promotion and gra graphics and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um the girl who took care of the merch, she loved design um, merch and fashion, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, so it was perfect. Yeah, I know it's, so it's true. It's true. <laughs> but I think as a musician myself, it's kind of crazy to realize that a lot of times those people that employ you when you go play a concert yeah. are not doing this at yeah, all for the money. Yeah. And uh, I think musicians, I mean, we musicians are very used to do stuff for yeah. free also, yeah. <laughs> but there's still this relationship that's not always very clear. I yeah. had a lot of discussions with the French directors of the big festival in France. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm they sure. were like complaining that I'm doing that as a volunteer. I really. <laughs> because they said I just... Uh, play the game that um, these kind of jobs are not paid and and, and, and we should represent uh, that it's a real job who should be paid and get yeah, subvention yeah, and yeah and Cui didn't have a lot of subvention for a long time it has like it had like five percent of public ah, really? public money so low. Okay. the rest was ticketing a bit of sponsoring but not a lot yeah ticketing and food and beverage, food and beverage <laughs> course, yeah. so I also learned how to be commercial without losing your soul. Mesdames et messieurs, that was Karine Zuber. Thank you so much for listening and please tune in again for the next part of this conversation where we dive a bit deeper into the Swiss music scene and her feelings about it. Thank you so much for listening. See you soon.